Hello and welcome to the One Football Podcast. I read a credible stat this morning. Czech, I don't know if this is true, but Czech has conceded more goals in three years at Arsenal than 11 at Chelsea. Against Liverpool, was that? Oh, was that just against Liverpool? I think so, yeah. Oh. yeah. So yeah. That seemed a bit much. In three matches or something, he's conceded more... I read it as well in three matches against Liverpool he's conceded more goals than in 11 years for Chelsea oh that's not as interesting (laughs) well I mean I thought if if he had conceded all that amount in that would be impressive actually (laughs) more than anything it tells you a lot about um, Arsenal's recent record against Liverpool anyway doesn't it it does doesn't it Mm. terrible (laughs) anyway that's enough of that joining me today Ian McCourt on today's One Football Podcast is once again Dan Burke hello and Emily Rochus. Hiya. Did I get it right? Yeah, you did again. <laughs> oh, I, I'm so nervous before I say it. Two brownie points for you already. Okay. Ah, they stack up. You never know when you might need them. <laughs> um, should you wish to get in touch, dear listener, the email to send your love, abuse, or any free food, or indeed socks, as we were talking about before the podcast, is podcast at onefootball.com. That's podcast at onefootball.com. Now, speaking of emails from listeners, we've one from Aaron McCarthy who says, Firstly, love the podcast. You guys are fun to listen to, and I enjoy listening. That's nice, isn't it? <laughs> Thank you. Are we really fun to listen to? <laughs> I think so, yeah. Yeah, okay, right. <laughs> However, oh God, it's taking a turn here. However, you never talk about Manchester United. Is there a reason? Last season they won the Europa League and it wasn't ever mentioned. And this week, United go top of the table with a good win and still nothing. I enjoy hearing about other teams, but as a United fan, I would enjoy hearing you guys discuss United every so often. Well, Aaron, your wishes are command because... Uh, when we were planning this podcast, Dan said he would be delighted to talk about Manchester mm. United and how well they are doing. And that noise you can hear is him grimacing <laughs> uh, right there. Uh, Dan, they're top of the table. Three wins from three, ten goals to the good and none conceded. So what's going so right at Old Trafford at the moment? Yeah, I mean, they look very good, don't they? As much as it pains me to uh, to say that as a Man City fan. Um, they look very solid indeed. I think they made some excellent signings over the summer. Lukaku is a fantastic signing. You know, he cost a lot of money, but that guy's going to score goals in the Premier League mm. for fun, and, and I think he'll be the top scorer this season. I, I read something interesting the other day, or uh, I forget where it was, but there were, a person was making the point that Lukaku is exactly the type of player they needed because he's that sort of flat track bully which they missed mm. last season and there was plenty of those sort of uh, games against the sort of so-called smaller sides where he scored bags of goals and tons of goals uh, whereas United couldn't last season mm-hmm. yeah couldn't agree more with that yeah um, he sh- I mean he's, he's, he's linking it well with the players around him um, like I say, he's, he's going to score goals, no doubt about that. So I think that is a, a superb signing for them. And then they've got Zlatan to come back in, in January oh, uh, yeah. around Christmas time, which is, again, I mean, he was amazing last season. That he perhaps might not replicate that season mm-hmm. again, that sort of form this year. Um, he, he probably won't spend as much time in the first team as he did last season because of Lukaku being there now. But but yeah, they, they're going to be a force to be reckoned with. And I think Nemanja Matic has been a superb signing for them. Uh, he just anchors things really well in the, the middle of the park, and yeah, just for for the uninitiated, what what does it mean for United that Matic is is in that team? What does it allow the rest to do? Well, it allows Pogba a little bit a little bit of license to get forward. I think um, 
he he certainly seems to be enjoying himself a lot at the moment. He's playing really, really well. I thought he was the man of the match against Leicester on Saturday. Um, he completed so many passes and nearly scored a beautiful goal from range as well. So, um, yeah, they, they just look great in all departments. Defensively, it wasn't a problem for them last season. They've brought in Victor Lindelof, which, you know, he could prove to be a good signing as well. Um, but I think, you know, they've still got the best goalkeeper in the league, so they're not going to concede too many goals. They haven't conceded any so far, as you, as you mentioned. So, yeah, the, the, it looks ominous. Um, I, I'm not saying that the, 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 they're going to win the league or anything like that. It's obviously far too early to be making predictions like that. But I'll be absolutely astonished if they're not there or thereabouts at the end of the season. Well, I'm pretty sure they had three wins from three at the start of the last season. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, City had 10 wins from 10 at the start of last season and that all went a bit pear-shaped, didn't it? So <laughs> it's um, th- there's plenty of time for it all to go wrong for them. But they just look like... Um, as often happens with Mourinho in his second season at clubs when he just he really gets them playing the way they want to and they really start getting the results that he wants them to and before it all falls to pieces in the third season yeah well you know we can look forward to that at least can't we yeah. that is true Emily anything you'd like to add about United yeah I'm a, I'm a bit more sceptical um, oh. I think uh, I think they're very dependent on Lukaku I mean he's a fantastic player and he um, not only with his back to the goal when he puts him out wide for, for Marshall or Rashford who can who have the pace down the wing but also in quick turns but if Lukaku gets injured in any way, um, or if Matic doesn't doesn't do his job or, or can't play for a few games, I think um, all of this positive energy is going to go go awry very quickly. It's going to go south. Yep. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> but that, but you mentioned Rashford. I mean, he he's a guy who can come off the bench and score like he did the other day. He can start the games. He, you know, he's an incredible player, Marcus Rashford. Bit of a transformation in Martial too this season. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, I, th- I think it was a little bit sort of overplayed his um, his poor form last season. Really, I thought he was quite good when he when he did play. Um, obviously, th- there were times when he wasn't getting in the team, which must have been frustrating for him. But he looks like he's got that hunger back now as well. And um, he, he played on the left on on Saturday from the start and looked really good as well. So he scored a couple of goals so far this season already. So they've got they've got so many options United there, and it's um, it is it's frightening prospect for the rest of the Premier League. Are they going to add any more options before the transfer window closes? I don't think so. I'd be surprised if they did now. There don't seem to be any sort of advanced talks for anybody with a day and a half to go until the window closes. Obviously, things can change quickly, but I think I'd be I'd be amazed if that happened. I think Ivan Perisic is perhaps the most likely, but I don't think that's very likely at that all anymore. Seems to be dead so, in the water yeah, so I mean, I think they're okay. I think they've they've got what they need. They've made three, um, four signings this summer if you, if you count Zlatan, and I don't think they need any more. Okay. Well, speaking of emails from listeners, we have one for you, Emily, all the way from Abhishek Tossar in India. And apologies, Abhishek, if I've pronounced that wrong. Um, He says, well, Abhishek says, Emily was a breath of fresh air on the podcast. I would love to hear her justification uh, that Arsenal could win the league. I would too, to be honest. <laughs> Just to backtrack for anybody who might have missed the last instalment of the One Football podcast, we were talking about who could potentially win the league. I nominated Spurs, silly enough. <laughs> Dan, you went for. Uh, I think I said Chelsea. You went for Chelsea. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. It's not looking too bad. That's no, not so bad. But Emily went for Arsenal. Now, this was before, I should say, the, uh, the Liverpool game. Um, how are you feeling about that prediction at the moment? So admittedly, it wasn't the best point in time to make that prediction. <laughs> also, I do still want to hear you justify Tottenham. But um, here's the thing about Arsenal. Arsenal have a really talented squad, right? If you look at the individual players and the potential that they can achieve. I think they have a talented squad. And I 
am naive enough to believe that they can come together over the season, but I'm not sure Wenger is the man to do it anymore at all. And I've been saying this for like a year now. Um, and it's getting worse and worse. So, okay, they might not win the league. I admit that. Um, but it's just difficult. It's just difficult to talk about Arsenal because they always, I mean, I read an article the other day about the the British core they had, um, which Wenger was so proud of in, back in 2012. Um, for anyone that doesn't know, that was Carl Jenkinson, Aaron Ramsey, Jack Wilshere, Kieran Gibbs, and Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain. And they were supposed to drag Arsenal out of their misery and, you know, towards the top. They were supposed to give them all the hope they needed. And five years later, he's right back there and he could use a new British core because hmm. that one sure as hell didn't work out. Well, they, they certainly need something. I mean, it's been a few days since the, frankly, embarrassing defeat to Liverpool, um, which has given you time to reflect on the problems there. Where would you like to start? Where do I start? Yeah, where do <laughs> um, you start? I'm going to start with Shaka. Yeah. Um, three appearances so far this season. He's won 19% of his duels. 19 for a midfielder. <laughs> I mean, a combative midfielder. Yeah. yeah. I saw that he, he won Swiss Player of the Year this week and someone on Twitter said, who was second Roger Federer? <laughs> <laughs> In his game against Liverpool, he won 0% of his tackles, made zero interceptions, had zero take-ons and zero clearances. So that's a bad start. Okay, that's not great. <laughs> Let's look to his, um, his neighbour. Let's look to Aaron Ramsey. In three appearances, he's created one chance and had zero defensive actions. Yikes. So it gets worse. That, yeah. that, just, that just keeps on adding. Okay. There's a lack of signings as well? I mean, definitely. Um, Lacazette was a great signing, and I think he's going to be very dangerous. But then, you know, he needs to not be benched, for one, <laughs> to be able to make the difference. Um, and now with Alexis maybe leaving, with Oxlade-Chamberlain looking to leave, with Mustafi looking to leave, Gibbs maybe on his way out. I mean... Wenger needs to do something in those one and a half days left because otherwise I think they might be battling for relegation sometime soon. <laughs> well, one of the other one of the other points I sort of uh, picked up on over the last few days I was thinking about is how the players and especially the British core that you mentioned have stalled under their progress has stalled under Wenger. Like they're I think they're they're a bunch of intelligent players that he has there, but they don't seem to de be developing as well as they possibly should. And I think Oxlade Chamberlain is a classic case of this. Here's a young, intelligent, athletic player who really seems just stuck in a rut there and is not is not going anywhere, like in terms of improvement wise. I just to, to quote somebody else on Twitter about yeah. Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain the other day, they said that he's been in the Premier League for about six years now. And I agree with this. I have no idea whether he's any good or not. Like, I genuinely mm. couldn't tell you whether I actually rate Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain as a player, what his best position is, you know, stuff like I mean, he's talking about going to Chelsea for £35 million now. I, I don't get it, really. I don't, <laughs> I don't see what, what, what people see in this player. Well, the latest on that is that he apparently wants to go to Liverpool. Oh, that's right, actually, Liverpool yeah. now, yeah, because yeah. Conte wants to mould him, or wanted to mould him as a right-back as competition for Victor Moses, whereas he thinks his best position is through the middle of mm. midfield. Yeah. I just, that baffles me. <laughs> I just don't see, I mean, maybe I don't see enough of Oxlade-Chamberlain, but I just don't think he's somebody who could play through the middle of midfield. For, it reminds for me Liverpool. of Theo Walcott when he had this big thing that he, I was just he going to play to say, as a striker all these years. And it's like, you're not a striker, mate. He's <laughs> been with Arsenal for 11 years and I could not tell you one thing that he's improved or mm. stood out in. And That's then, true. Yeah. 
I mean, certainly not his finishing. <laughs> out of the five that we mentioned, I think Aaron Ramsey's the one that's got the most potential and has done the most. But I mean, the height of his career is two FA Cup winning goals, and that's it. I mean, yeah, it's it's a sad state of affairs. You've even got people like Ian Wright coming out and saying, uh, "Do I think Wenger should go?" I'd like him to go because I do not believe he can motivate the players. It's for himself and for his own sanity. It's an absolute nightmare. Where does he go from here? The team has not played for Wenger for years. And he's I right. mean, Ian Wright is the most positive Arsenal person in the world. And if he's coming out and saying that. No, he's absolutely right. I mean, he's got it spot on. I, I don't think this team can develop anywhere um, close to top spot with Wenger anymore. And I was naive enough to let that, um, let that slide by a few weeks ago. Because I do think that the team has some potential, but at the moment, I actually I don't even see a way out. Um, I uh, my brother actually asked me who who do you want Arsenal signing, and he's a he's a Gunners fan as well. Um, and I don't know. I don't like y- you need a defender. <laughs> like where are the center backs? But what they really lack is the creativity in midfield. And at this point, this late in the transfer window, I don't know who they could bring on to improve that. Yep, absolute nightmare just about sums it up then. Uh, there has been Wenger out graffiti on the bridge to Arsenal as well. And speaking of Shaka, he had to disable his Instagram comments after receiving death threats. <laughs> should laugh, should I really, but yeah. It's a bit much, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's only football, lads. Yeah. I don't think you need to get to the old death threats. Anyway, speaking of comings and goings at um, Arsenal, one of them is going to be Sergio Aguero. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> It's not going to be Sergio thinking in the extreme. That Could you <coughs> maybe explain this first time? Um, well, it depends who you believe, really. But but obviously, you know, City are very keen to sign Alexis Sanchez from Arsenal and have been all summer. I've been sort of keeping tabs on him all summer and, and Sanchez has got one year left on his contract. So um, it, it's like with Arsenal, it's either they keep him for a year and let him go on a free or they sell him now and cash in on him. And I think that was uh, that defeat at Anfield was perhaps the final straw for him. And it, it seems in the past few days that he's, he's very sort of uh, wanting to engineer a move away from Arsenal and he wants to come to City. So the talk yesterday was initially that um, Arsenal said, OK, you can have Sanchez, but we want... Uh, cash plus Sergio Aguero in return and City said absolutely no chance like <laughs> so they said alright well, what about Raheem Sterling and if rumours is to believe City have said oh okay we, we can we can we can talk about that and then a little later on in the day Sky Sports reporting that actually Arsenal had said no uh, we'll give you cash and Alexis Sanchez to sign Raheem Sterling now, I don't know if that's true or not, but if it is true, it kind of wow. makes a little bit of sense in that obviously Sanchez wants to leave, so they're perhaps resigned to losing him now. They're also going to lose Oxlade-Chamberlain, so mm. they need a, a, home, a homegrown player, and Sterling ticks both of those boxes, really. So that it, it would perhaps make a little bit of sense from that point of view. Um, as a City fan, I can say that I do like Raheem Sterling a lot, but <laughs> I, w- I would swap him for Alexis Sanchez at this moment in time, even though he's seven years younger than Sanchez and still has quite a lot of potential. Would you what? swap Sanchez for Aguero? No, definitely not. No, that's the right Why answer. Why would you swap a good player against a player you can get for free next summer? It's, it's, it's a good question, yeah. I, I don't, I mean, I, I worry that perhaps Sanchez might end up going somewhere else next summer. That That would be... If if there were other clubs involved, well, it won't be PSG. They've just signed about just about everybody else. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it looked like he was very close to going there at one point this summer as well. When so he was tweeting from there. Yeah, yeah, when he he was he was spotted in Paris that time. Yeah. Um, okay, so you wouldn't you wouldn't let Aguero go, but would you happy with would you be happy with Johnny Evans coming in? Mm, Twenty five million for Johnny Evans. I've heard thirty million actually that it, it could 
go as high well, as myself the, so, yeah. and Myself and one of the guys in the office were talking about this this morning. He left United for about six or seven million. Mm. And now all of a sudden he spends two seasons at West Bromwich Albion and his value is up to 25, 30 million. Yeah. I mean, I'm worth about 10 million in this market. I think, <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's, gone, it's gone a bit crazy, hasn't it? I mean, Johnny Evans, I, I think he is a good player. Um, he's not. A, I do think he's a bit underrated. I think he's. Yeah, he is a decent defender. It's not a signing that gets me, um, you know, jumping around in celebration or anything like that. But I think he probably would be a good signing. Um, I would. I would have been happy if we'd spent about eight million on him rather than thirty. But it's not I my money, money, so I'm, I'm. I'm not that that bothered. Money really. doesn't matter anymore. No. I heard that Arsenal was in the race for him. I would. I could support that. Yeah, I, they tried to sign him last summer. Arsenal apparently. Yeah. Yeah. I don't see anything wrong. I mean, it's just because he comes from an unfashionable club like West Bromwich Albion. Mm. Oh, he's a good player. I like him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And he's Northern Irish. So that's, that's right, yeah. That's not so bad. Uh, elsewhere in transfer rumours, Kylian Mbappe. Is he a PSG player yet? I don't think yet. Oh. He will be though, won't he? Yeah. How's this, does anybody understand how this deal is working? I don't quite get it. I yes. Think it's, yeah, they're, they're basically going to loan him for a year. Aren't loan him. I'm doing uh, inverted commas for the listeners there. Yeah. And uh, and and then they they don't have to actually buy him until next summer, so they can sort of circumvent financial fair play that way. Which uh, I think it's it's getting silly now, isn't it? It's just it, getting worse and worse. I mean, it's if this transfer goes through, I think it's gotten to the point of ridicule mm. for the French league or just in general. No, for the financial fair play. Oh, okay. All right. What about the French League? It, it kind of makes it look a bit silly, doesn't it? I think at this point, PSG might just as well uh, do a Monaco and play in Spain instead. Make it a <laughs> bit more interesting there. Okay. That's not a bad idea. <laughs> I mean, I think, I think um, personally, I think financial fair play is a bit of a crock of shit anyway. And I think it was designed to sort of protect the st- status quo in football. So I don't really bit, have, yeah. yeah, I don't really have a problem with clubs, you know, bending the rules or, or finding loopholes in, in mm-hmm. the law there. But I think this 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 summer with PSG is going a little bit crazy, really. You have an interesting theory about Mbappe. I think that um, I was going to ask I if you want to share it, young. but you've you've dived right in. Go ahead. I think he's too young. Uh, I think him and and Dembélé are going to have difficulties proving their worth of insane amounts. I mean, Pogba was well developed when he went to Manchester United last season. Um, Neymar has been, you know, an institution of Barcelona for the past years. And they have to sort of experience a mental fortitude, you think, and to be able to cope yeah, with exactly. those numbers. And Mbappé and Dembélé have had, like, what, one, maximum two really good seasons? Maybe probably one. Well, in, I think in Mbappé's case, it's about half a season. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and now they're going for insane amounts to top clubs where they're expected to perform next to Neymar, next to Messi, um, next to Cavani. Mm. You know, I, I'm not sure... I'm not sure both of them are going to hold up. My my bets are that at least one of them is going to is going to be a, a disappointment. Ooh. 166 million for an 18 year old is a lot of money, isn't it? I mean, if he does go on to fulfil the potential that he has got, I mean, he he looks like he could be a, a genuine. But he's world beat 18. Of, of course, yeah. But but if he does in the next 10 years go on to be that player, then 166 million isn't that bad an investment, really? You know, it's sort of 16 million a season, then, isn't it? If you if you get 10 brilliant years out of him. Yeah, absolutely. But you have to get 10 good years out yeah. of him. And at this it's point, if, one injury yeah. setback and, you know. Hey, you know all about all things German. Um, I want to know what's going to happen to Julian Draxler. I have a sort of thing about Julian Draxler. I'm a, I'm a big fan. I don't know why. I just I like him. Maybe it's his hair. It's always neatly <laughs> styled. He seems like a good dude. Um, he, I, so if I were him, I would leave. Um, but there's nowhere... I mean, Bayern is the obvious choice, but there's nowhere, so there's nobody linking him with Bayern, is there? And not that I've heard of. Um, 
I did he- earlier in the summer. There were rumors that he wanted to go to Barcelona, or that they were looking into sorry. him. Mm. I shouldn't laugh. I mean, I like him, but anyway, sorry. Go ahead. Um. Yeah. I. I don't think there's a spot for him at Bizio anymore, and and it, and it's been proven, and especially if Mbappe is to come now. I mean, yeah, he had a good season. Poor guy, <laughs> he had one good season. Everyone started, you know, um, praising him, and then and then now he's in this really really tough spot. So I don't know. Uh, okay, do you think Dortmund would be quite a good fit for him? Well, he used to play for Schalke. Yeah, true, but it's never really stopped anyone before. <laughs> no, it? It's not really. No, that's a good point. Um, any other transfers while we have this? It, uh, well, we have this little section going you'd like to talk about. Mm. Do we expect Coutinho to go through? There's talk now of 160 million. Yeah, I'd, I'd be surprised if that one went through now, to be honest. I think they've left it a little bit too late. And I, I did read something, perhaps it's nonsense, but the, the, the deadline was yesterday, was, was Monday. Uh, in fact, that was the day before yesterday, wasn't it? Mm. Um, for, for them to agree a fee for him, and, and it hasn't been done yet. So okay. it just seems like it would... There's, there's just not enough time to get that one over the line, but you know, I you think know that might still happen. Yeah, you're. Off. I think Barcelona are going to sign another player. They, they, I mean, they need to. Who's Paulinho anyway? Mm. <laughs> um, I wouldn't be too surprised. And no more. Uh, well, just Alexis Sanchez at Man City, and that's yeah. That's I would have thought it. so. Yeah, I can't really see there being any any big deals in the Premier League in the, in the next couple of days, apart from possibly that one, really. Okay, well, let's take a quick musical sting and then we'll come back and talk some Bundesliga. Elsewhere, we are a few weeks into the Bundesliga and we haven't even touched upon it. How bad of us? Where do we start with this, Emily? Where do we start? Well, a quick look at the table tells me that Dortmund and Bayern are top. But hold on. What's this? HSV and Hanover, third and fourth. What the hell is happening to the world? All right, so just quick words on Bayern and Dortmund. I mean, not too many surprises. Uh, I thought Dortmund were way stronger in their first two games than Bayern were. Uh, But then again, Bayern weren't really tested. It took Neuer 21 minutes to touch a ball in his comeback. So, um, (laughs) a football. Yeah. Um, What about uh, Muller? He's not very happy. What's happened there? Muller has already won the injury of the season award. He Oh no, I was talking about Thomas Muller. Oh, Thomas Muller. Yeah. All these Muller's You can tell us about the other Muller in a second, but tell me <laughs> is Thomas Muller unhappy? Thomas Muller is very unhappy. He doesn't understand what the coach wants um okay. or is looking for and he's very unhappy with his role. I think he came on well. Um he, he I don't set up a goal when he came on, didn't he? Yeah. Um but he's the kind of player who's obviously not very happy with the coming off the bench. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious to see how Ancelotti's going to gonna figure that one out. Coman gave an impressive performance, though. He set up the first goal, and then Müller came on, and Müller set up the second one. So, I mean, Ancelotti's doing Federer everything Bremen, right. Yeah. yeah. Um, is doing everything right in, for the team. How he's going to make the players happy is another question. Okay. Well, let's get on to Hamburg, then. They were supposed to be relegated. <laughs> I put them as a team to be relegated in my oh. preview as well. But we're only two games in, so let's okay. see. There's there's always space. I mean, they were kicked out of the cup uh, against Osnabrück, which is a third-tier team. That was pretty disappointing for everyone um, that was a Hamburg fan and everyone else was kind of like, eh, to be expected. But then, I mean... I should say I have a soft spot for Hamburg. 
Do you? I quite like hamburgers as well. Everyone seems to hate them, don't they? We don't but, get that. Yeah, yeah. There's so much hatred Is it for just hamburgers. a bit of sort of like schadenfreude? Is it a bit like people just sort of... I think so, yeah. yeah. I think it's the... I think that clock annoys them, you know, that they have that clock oh, yeah, in yeah. the stadium course, that they've never yeah. been relegated. Also, yeah. there's always that one kid in class that people pick on, isn't it? I think that's Hamburg for the yeah, German Bundesliga. Yeah. Well, poor kid. Anyway, go on. Anyway, they took the top spot in the Bundesliga for the first time since 2009. What? At least for a day. Oh, um, not anymore. Not anymore. Uh-huh. Okay. But they're still they're still up there. Um, they've also set up some curious records. One is they've scored the latest goal ever recorded in the Bundesliga because they had an insane 13 minutes extra time <laughs> because the referee got injured during their game. The referee got injured? The referee got injured. He had to be subbed off. And the fourth referee came on. And then to make the game even better, 44 seconds after the fourth referee took over the game, he gave a red card. What? <laughs> it was a second yellow card and it was her tackle that was fine. But um, yeah, that was Good ridiculous. mental agility by the fourth official to know that a second or know, a first yellow had impressed. already been awarded. Yeah, I, I was actually very impressed because he immediately took out the red and yellow red. and, and, and It's almost like he was just, just waiting totally for that excuse, yeah, isn't yeah, it? I, like, so. I want to send this guy on. As soon as I get on there, I'm going to send him off. <laughs> no, it was, it was a valid yellow card. But then I think this is my favorite record that I've ever heard. Um, Diekmeier set the record for being the player with most games played in the Bundesliga, which is 183, without ever scoring a single goal. That's just outfield players. Yeah. That's impressive. <laughs> what did you say? How many games? 183. 183. Yep. Okay. And Congratulations to Holger Badstuber, by the way, on a slightly uh, side side note. He oh, scored yeah. his first goal for like 2,000 days or something wasn't it 2009 I think was his last goal before yeah That's 2009 yeah. Yeah, that was an yeah. emotional goal he was very happy I think mm. everyone had to like suppress the tears in her eyes <laughs> tell us about this bit. ridiculous injury as well the ridiculous injury Nikolai Müller scores a goal for Hamburg mm-hmm. 1-0 he runs to the corner flag he jumps twirls in the air lands badly and tears his ACL oh. And the doctors were putting like ice spray on his knee. They were trying to get him back on while they were doing the tests for the torn ACL. But um, no, he obviously got subbed off and now he's out for like half a year. Oh, Ouch. Yep. I always think that with players who do somersaults when they score and stuff like that, it's like you're just, you're playing with fire though, aren't you really? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's a Darwin Award. It's yeah. uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, I think, put down some of his knee problems to that knee slide really, in yeah. the Champions League <laughs> final. I don't know how true that is. It's probably worthwhile, wasn't it, really? I think it was probably worthwhile yeah, for yeah. that one. Okay, so that's that's all about Hamburg. Yeah, nice Pretty to see much. them doing well, given that myself and Dan are now confirmed Hamburg ultras. <laughs> uh, what about Hanover? Because it's all, it's all kicking off in Hanover. I know, they've returned to the Bundesliga. They've taken maximum points so far. Breitenreiter continues his amazing streak with the club after getting them promoted again. Um, by the way, also my co- my vote for coach of the season, which I got a little bit scared on when my boss said, now he's going to be the flop of the season. <laughs> but um, Schalke fans, what can I say? Yeah. Um, no, they've done very well. Also, Jonatas came on five minutes into his debut, scored a goal for them, made it to zero. I mean, they've been playing well. You have to hand it to them. They've just been doing a great job on the pitch. <laughs> And there's been a lot of drama off the pitch. Well, yeah, maybe you could maybe you could explain that because it's all about this beloved 50 plus 1 rule. So the 50 plus 1 rule is this rule in Germany and they have it in Austria as well, for example, um, which basically is made so that investors can't get more than 49% of the club. It's just like in England. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. It's exactly like in England. It's exactly yeah. to avoid, um, <laughs> avoid situations like the Premier League so that, you know, every individual holder can't decide anything big on their own. 
And now there's Martin Kind, who's been president of Hanover since, I think, 1997. So for quite some time. And there's this one exception to the rule, which is if someone has devoted more than 20 years of their lives to this club and given them, you know, supported them for more than 20 years, then they're not considered an investor, but kind of like a friend of the club. Or like a super fan. Exactly, like mm -hmm. a super fan. And those super fans actually can get more than 49% of the club. And that's what um, the board have now done with Matt and Kint. And the fans are not very happy. Hmm. Well, Kint is no spring chicken. He's, I, mean, I think he's into his 70s. Yeah, he is. So if he takes over and then, I mean... I mean, the idea for taking over is to sell it, right? So he, he wants to sell his shares to investors now to get money into the club. That's oh, what he wants to do. Okay. And then 2018, he wants to step back as president. Okay. And then the fans are not happy about this. Nope. So they've been chanting, you know, and, and the coach is, is upset um, because he obviously wants the fans to support the club, especially now that they're doing so well. So it's a bit of a, it's a, bit of a drama going on there. Yeah. A thriller. Kinder no bueno. Um... <laughs> Right. Well, that's all crazy then. Pretty much. Is it going to go through? It is going to go through, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's like it's done. It's. Oh, okay. Uh, elsewhere in the Bundesliga, they have kicked off with VAR. Oh, this what a premiere for them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, first weekend they've had they 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 failed it for like three games or something like that. It just what, it wasn't didn't work? working. Yeah, yeah. Off sideline wasn't working. Mm. So I think one of the like main goals. So how much? What are they using it for exactly? So basically they're using it for penalties, red cards, and the same video system is used for the offside line. Okay. And then goal line technology as well? Obviously. Yeah. Oh, okay. So it's not going so well. No, it's not going well at all. So then they had this big, um, they had this conference, whether they were going to suspend it for a season, uh, for a weekend, sorry. Um, in the end, they're like, no, we'll leave it. It's working great. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. And every decision has been super controversial as well. Like, I mean... I think my highlight was Papadopoulos from Hamburg got a yellow card for a dive because they were looking into it as a penalty. And it was a massive dive and he got a yellow card for it. I think that was the best use of it so far. Oh, that's not so bad. That's not so bad. Buffon was quite outspoken about it in Italy at the weekend as well. He said oh, we really have it as well this yeah, season? Yeah, yeah. He said it's like, it's not, this isn't football. It's water polo what we're doing at the moment. It's not, it's not right. I'm with them. I'm not a fan of this. I don't really think it's that necessary, to be honest. Not really. I also feel like I don't mind goal line technology. That's fine. It's mm -hmm. it's sort of instantaneous. But when you start using it for all other contentious decisions, there's no way your average manager is gonna is gonna let it lie. They're mm -hmm. gonna keep arguing about it. Well, we want more. We want more. We want more. I just yeah. I, it can only go a bad way for me. Yeah. With my colleague the other day, um, we were talking about the idea of having challenges kind of like in tennis, for example, oh, yeah. where every coach gets like two challenges mm -hmm. a game or something, yeah. which I think would be an interesting idea. Um, but at the moment, I think the video, video sessions still take too long. Like it stops the game way too much. How long are they? What's the average stop time for it so far? Do you think? I don't know the average stop time. Mm -hmm. I just know that whenever they stop, the referee actually has to stop the clock and add on the exact time that he stopped mm -hmm. the game for video decisions. God, it just seems like a bit so of a It made pain, stoppage it? time like five, six minutes. Uh, one last question for you on the Bundesliga. Babina Steinhaus? Yes, the first how's female she, referee. How's she getting on? Well. Oh, good. Yeah. Okay. And I think the best thing about referees is when you don't have to talk to talk about him or her a lot. So. And she hasn't been mentioned. Nope. Brilliant. Well, that's good to hear. And Ribery's not tried to untie her shoelaces again. Or yeah. We did the other week. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Dan, do you have anything you'd like to add about the Bundesliga? Uh, I just think it's great. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, is there anything else we've missed out on? 
Well, obviously, I'm from Austria and the best team in the world. Um, SK Sturm Graz is currently top of the league above Red Bull Salzburg. So that's big news from Austria. Just Sorry, I didn't add understand that anything that you said there. <laughs> Sturm Graz. Sturm Graz. Yep, yeah, that's it. They're top of the league. Yeah, top of the league. Ahead of the big money. You were very emotional in the office the other day when you were watching that game, weren't you? I was. was I was. I, I might pretty, have been jumping dramatic, up and down. Yeah. Yeah. For Sturm Graz? Yeah. Okay. That's all from us then today. My thanks to Dan, Emily and producer Damo. We'll be back again next week. Uh, should you wish to get in touch, the email is podcast at onefootball.com and be sure to go to iTunes and give us a rating and let us know what you think of the podcast. Thanks for listening.